Well, welcome back to another Off the Circle. Uh, we are up at Launch Fishers today and meeting with some Hoosier friends here. Uh, this is a, a little bit different show, which we always love, uh, but team, I'm going to just say the PR piece. Team Indiana is a talented and diverse group of Hoosier chefs and home cooks headed to Dallas, Texas to compete in the World Food Championships, and that's happening October 16th through the 20th. Uh, they're representing the state of Indiana as part of a culinary crossroads initiative with backing from the Indiana Office of Tourism, Development, Indiana Grown, and other underwriters. entrepreneurs and business people. Learn from their experience and expertise and have some laughs along the way. Off the Circle, the Indianapolis business scene as you've never heard it before. All right, welcome back everybody to Off the Circle. Uh, we'll just go around, the, why don't we just go around the, the room with uh, introductions? Sure, sure. Larry Dickerson here. It's great to uh, be up here with you and uh, great to see the Launch Fishers facility here. You know, it's amazing. You see these operations all around the city, and every little hub has seems to have one of their own. Yeah, um, yeah great to be here. Um, I have the privilege of working with Team Indiana, my colleague Ben Hardy, who meet here in a second. Uh, my practice is I have my own consulting uh, firm. I do a combination of some uh, agent-related work. Uh, one that people may know is... Uh, Jim Cornelison, uh, who recently came in to replace Jim Neighbors, which were big yeah. shoes to, to fill. And we're now getting ready for Jim to be back, hopefully, for his fourth year next year. So in that role, uh, helping him to build his brand uh, here in Indiana and around the country and use him as a message carrier. Represent a gentleman, uh, Aaron Likens, who is a public speaker and writer who actually is uh, on the autism spectrum. Uh, so we take him out to help everything from human resources uh, to crisis intervention training for law enforcement officers. And, oh, this, cool. and, and this initiative is one where I've had the privilege of working with the current administration, specifically the lieutenant governor, on different approaches to kind of grow and advance the role that travel and tourism can play. And a big part of that, obviously, is in the culinary space. And while it's about getting people to consume the products in the culinary space, uh, one of the things that's been really exciting about it is helping to spread the word and get the brand out there that people would want to decide to come here and live, work, and play. Uh, culinary Crossroads is the overriding branding initiative. We'll talk more about that. You'll see here in the hat that I brought you, it's about the people and places and products and services that define the culinary landscape here in Indiana. And then Team Indiana is one where we ran across uh, this operation called the World Food Championships coming in on its eighth year in Dallas and has grown into 500 teams from 40 different states. And uh, we found that we could go out and tell stories about our team members and preparing for that. And folks like you and others would be interested in what those storylines are and gives us a chance to really talk about, I think, one of the many assets that we have here in Indiana to promote. Yeah, so it's I great to be here. I, tell you, I just want to touch on one thing you said there that's really important is is you know culinary being an aspect of both tourism and and attracting talent. You don't often think about that, but but you know if you have great restaurants and you have a you know kind of a a, a really diverse city, 
it really does attract a lot of people, doesn't it? Yeah, it has become a very critical part of where people decide where they want to live, work, and play. I mean, one of the nice things that we have about it is that you have a lot of organizations that will literally say, you know, you can stay here and live and you can work for a firm that's out on the East Coast. But also when a lot of companies, and we've seen the growth here in terms of technology businesses and other coming into uh, Indiana, uh, and that that scene there to say, you know, this is really an asset to have those Midwestern values. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I saw at, uh, on a project was I do some work with a firm called Capital Cities, which is a institutional investment advisory firm founded 25 years ago by good friends of both Ben and mine uh, that were out here. And now it's grown up to where they've got $25 billion of, of assets under advisement. Incredible. And when we were taking them through a, a re, uh, rebranding initiative, we had to make a decision of saying, okay, are we, are we going to allow ourselves to be on the defense uh, by being in Indianapolis? And we said, hell no, we're not going to do that. We're, we're going to go on the offense and talk about, you know, what are the advantages of living in the greater Indianapolis area? And one of the items on there was what you have to offer in the cultural and culinary and entertainment world. So awesome. that was one of the early ideas in my mind that says, you know, you can utilize that to go out there and actually be a tool for some of the initiatives on trying to make sure that we've got both at the high end and at the entry level, the workforce that's readily available for to continue the growth. Mm. Well, that's a great introduction and uh, real pleased to uh, be here with Larry and Ben today. And my name is Frank Leonard and I'm one of the co-hosts of Off the Circle. And uh, I work with Lifeline Data Centers. They're one of the sponsors of our off the Circle uh, podcast and Lifeline Data Centers. They focus on security co compliance and uptime with their customers. And I work with them as a high security cloud and co-location sales representative. I also work with Lucidi IT and they focus on cloud connectivity and collaboration. So real pleased to be here and uh, we'll let uh, Ben introduce himself as well. Ben's, Ben's the star here, right? Oh, yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. There's billions of stars. So I feel like I could be one of them. <laughs> Uh, so my name is Ben Hardy. I am a um, I'm an, an Indiana boy. Uh, grew up uh, just outside of Indianapolis in the in the middle of nowhere, uh, Modoc, Indiana is where I grew up. Small small town. It's a nice campground out there, isn't there? Yeah, there is a campground. All right. <laughs> so, all right. Look at that. Wow. All Between right. the four of us, my star my star power just got a little brighter, I suppose. Um, so uh, this is my. Um, my 20th year in the culinary industry. Um, so I've been able to watch Indianapolis grow as, a, as a, a food scene and kind of a culture. So being a part of its growth is probably the most meaningful uh, just to see it grow, but now to be a part of it, having a platform uh, as a pastry chef uh, in, in the restaurant, in the restaurant, industry is completely different than watching it just from being a part of the client industry. So uh, my platform is uh, my pastry shop, the gallery pastry shop. Where's so that Where's that located for people? Uh, South Broad Ripple off 54th okay. Street. Um, so it's between College and Keystone, just east of Monon. And uh, this is our, we're in our fourth year of operation and planning to open our second location downtown across from Bankers Life in the new Hyatt building. Um, so crossing our fingers for 60 days from, from now. So, so two short, quick months uh, before the level of insanity 
you know, yeah. grows, grows to so something th- more comfortable. So I you suppose. threw a world championships in between just to... Yeah, you know, just to... <laughs> I just wanted to see if I could juggle one more thing. Uh, no, I've got a great, I've got a great team. We've got... Um, the vision for the shop was to... To kind of... It was, I, I've, I've been training in European-style pastry for my, all of my career. Um, and I've worked in large production. I've worked in small uh, boutique hotels. I've worked in large, um, like for I've worked for chocolatiers and for uh, cake shops, and we've outfitted grocery stores. And so I've done a, a, a large facet. So, but I've always been drawn to um, the aesthetic and kind of the the pure of of European pastry. Yeah. So to to be able to bring that. To, to, to live in Indiana and to live, you know, from almost my entire career or my entire life and then to work in Indiana for most of my career and then to, to, to bring the style of pastry that I've been training in is like the trifecta. So. And, it, and you, you described it a little bit, but, but from, a, from a tactical standpoint, when people go into your shop, what are the, you know, what are the finer items that they're going to be? The immediate nuance of our, of our restaurant is... Um, is an open kitchen. So when you walk in, um, I feel like a lot of the things that are lost in the from the kitchen perspective is how the food is prepped or how the food is prepared. So there's a lot of question marks. You're like, hey, like, what is it? What is exactly are we eating? If you're trying to create the ultimate experience, uh, most of the interaction from the chef to the customer is literally on the plate. Yeah. So you you represent yourself. Um, quite literally, just from something that's tangible, but there's no there's no personality. All of your all of your personality, it, you have to recreate that every single day. But if you incorporate your your own personality and the connection with people, um, you know a regular that comes in to eat you know their favorite dish is different from a regular that's coming in and having a personal connection with my staff or myself. Yeah. Um, so I'm I've used to teach so being in the platform where I'm connecting with people uh, was very meaningful to me so so people coming into your shop can watch the entire they can see everything and talk they to can, you yeah and, so they yeah. can come up and sit at the bar and they ask questions and uh, and some people they even they you know salt they you know softly they apologize like I don't want to bother you I'm like well if I didn't want to be bothered I, we would have we would have put the wall all the way up to the ceiling and we right. wouldn't even close ourselves so um, so I'm kind of uh, a neat freak too, so that's something I think pastry chefs are more. Uh, it kind of grooms you into a more of a of a obsessive compulsive disorder. So not clinically, <laughs> but uh, I don't take medication for it. But uh, but the, the the some of the products that we do, most of the products that we do, they're very um, they're they're very therapeutic. Um, so I find therapy in the food, and some people they find therapy in watching it. And I've even even caught myself, you know, even you know, alongside my staff, when someone's doing a, on a project or working on a project, you kind of just stop what you're doing and watch. And you just kind of like, uh, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Okay, I got to get back to work. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? So, um, so to create that experience for our customer, um, that's probably the most impactful to me is building the relationships and and having that 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 bridge between. The food and the actual customer. Yeah, and I, I would say that when you come into Ben's restaurant, you know, you, every restaurant that you go into, if you kind of look around at it, 
especially these days, you can see things come together. I think one of the things of Ben's restaurant that has caught me is that that combination of simplicity and sophistication. I mean, when you go in there, the one thing you say, there's 500 eggs <laughs> that yeah. are setting over there, and there's flour uh, that is there, and then all of a sudden, if these are, you come out and say, well, that's pretty simple in terms of, and then you watch them go do their magic and make that come to life, and you see it from there, and then being moved over into the into the casing, yeah. and I think that is one of the things that is really uh, experiential about it. And you know, Ben, uh, on a personal level, a lot of times is sort of the tour guide. But you know, one of the things that we're trying to do with Team Indiana and bringing out Culinary Crossroads is to try to get more people to be less risk averse and say, "Come on in." You yeah. know what? Sometimes they are the, the the customer is just intimidated by going in there and not knowing, and every time that we go out there and put these personalities behind these places, right. and they start talking about it, says, "Well, oh, that's Ben Hardy's uh, uh, restaurant. I'm going to go in here and never been exposed to that type of exceptional type of food experience," yeah. and they go back there and say, "You got to go try it," and that ends up being great for quality of life. Yeah. And also, at the same time, when we get the word out about it, when you're trying to get people from around the country or around the world, and now they find out that we have that type of expertise yeah. that's sitting here in Indianapolis, everybody wins. Yeah, that's it. And I, and I think you're nailing it. You know, I mean, I come from a marketing background, right? And it's all about creating that personal relationship because mm -hmm. that's, that's when people are happy to, you know, purchase and support a company. So that's fantastic. Um, Let's let's jump to the world championships okay. and talk about that a little bit. I'm 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 totally curious about you know what did it take first you know to even make it to there. What what kind of vetting process and everything was involved? Uh, I'm lucky. I I got extremely lucky. I so I when my business partner Allison Kiefer when we opened the shop, um, she's I'm just a just a quick little. Yeah. Uh, segue. Um, her and I, we started the project. Um, I'm the chef, and she was like, hey, we both work together. And we kind of worked for a, a business that was kind of trailing off. So uh, we had to make the decision, hey, are we going to are we gonna find new jobs? Going to go down with the ship or <laughs> not? Are we, are we, are we going to jump off this thing and, and, um, and, you know, find our own island and grow it from there? Yeah. So. Um, she's worked in sales and I've worked in pastry. So I was like, she's like, if you can make it, I'll sell it. That's um, fantastic. And her, her, a lot of the aesthetics to the, the front of house or the actual restaurant is all her and then kitchen design, all, is that, that's, that's all me. So uh, after we built the space, after we were open, I was, um, I was in the dining room and my buddy Craig Baker walks in through the side and I, have, I hadn't met him up to this point. So he just came, he comes and he scares the daylights out of me and, and he's like, let's do, we should do a dinner together. We should do it here. So we kind of hit it off from there, became good friends. And he said, hey, I'm, so I'm going to this competition. It's called the World Food Championships. Do you want to be my sous chef? And I was, so Craig and I, we have this thing. Anytime we ask a favor of another, uh, it's an immediate yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like a question, but hey, I've got something. We rope each other into these, these adventures. So the vetting process for the competition 
isn't just an, uh, as easy as registering. So you have to gain entry into the competition. There's a couple of different avenues. Um, so they're kind of, uh, I guess, selected from other entities that support the World Food Championships. Okay. So there is a competition entry that you have to, that you kind of have to abide by. One is uh, an online recipe submission. So there is an actual category um, that if you are selected, you you get a, a golden ticket, they, as they call it. Uh, but you have to submit a recipe, and if it doesn't meet certain criteria, then it's kicked back and you don't get entry into the competition. Um, there's other like actual like chef competitions that are that gain like sponsorship through the World Foods that other chefs compete in. Um, so it's not easy. Sometimes yeah. you, I mean, you have to put you have to put a pretty heavy foot in. So. Uh, the way that I got lucky, Craig has been uh, a, co a competitor at the competition for, I think, he, this I think is this his seventh, se seventh year. This is his seventh year. Wow. So two years ago, I was his sous chef, and the, I guess the the build of the competition, it's it's composed of ten categories, and now in each category, there's about fifty to sixty teams, and each team you can have one chef, and then you can have up to two sous chefs. So there's anywhere between 12 and 1500 competitors uh, on the first day. Wow. So the 10 categories uh, and they're all they're all completely different. One is like I said is uh, recipe, there's one that's a chef category. Um, and then you have different types of burger and then there's dessert and there's barbecue. So um, everyone that's competing is in they they're it's a whole different I've ever, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's phenomenal what uh, the leadership, Mike McLeod is the head of the World Food Championships, and he's the one who created this eight years ago. And uh, what's really been brilliant about it is how he has grown it to, as I was saying earlier, to 40-some states and 15 countries, 500 teams, as Ben was talking about. Wow. But it's a very disparate uh, approach to how you get in. I mean, we had two or three. There's Piazza has the big uh, market down on the uh, the circle, or and hold it actually hold it over at the field house. Yep. And uh, at that, they had a cooking competition. Uh, Red Gold, who's a sponsor of ours of Team Indiana and the World Food Championship, had that as a qualifying event. So the gentleman that won that competition received his golden ticket, and he'll wow. go down, and he came on to to Team Indiana. So. It's sort of this, uh, you find it, and then you find your way in. Uh, and one of the things that we're hoping to do down the road with, uh, with Team Indiana is to uh, add some more structure here so that we can actually bring that in and make sure that we've got one or preferably two participants in each of the categories. That's one of the way we grow the team and try to make sure that we have a full presence coming out of the, coming out of the state. That's incredible. I. I I'm curious, you know, it's Team Indiana. How do you put a Indiana signature on the food that you're <laughs> that you're going to be creating there? Um, yeah, I think I, I think our Indiana signature is it comes down to each individual that's competing. Yeah. So, um, so having having the support of our state kind of puts a little bit more pressure on yeah. you to, to show up and, and put your best foot forward. So the the way the competition kind of is structured, uh, it's anyone's game, honestly. Really? So when you submit your recipe, that's really the time that you have to put your. That's when you really are doing your homework. Man. So the day of the competition, 
everything's submitted. So you, there's no change in there's no change in okay. face. There's you have to you have to produce. So yeah, and I and I think that diversity comes in in terms of the the makeup of our current team. I mean, we obviously we have a lot of participation from here in Indianapolis, but we've got a a great home cook uh, who performed very well last year from Knox County that will be uh, participating and Tehran is from up uh, in the uh, northwest part of the state and uh, he's he's really making a lot of things happen in the food truck industry and mm -hmm. uh, and has worked as a both a corporate and uh, professional chef in a lot of different endeavors so part of Team Indiana is to showing that geographical diversity as well as just diversity of uh, men and women and from all walks of life. Oh, that's good. I, I like hearing that too. Yeah, Larry, can you comment on how Lieutenant Governor got involved or maybe some other sponsors besides Red Gold and maybe how other companies could potentially get involved to help yeah, support them? Yeah, uh, be, be pleased to. I mean, uh, the, as I mentioned, Lieutenant Governor has just been a, a great cheerleader for us. Uh, I was actually doing some uh, work with them as they start to think about what the new structure of the Travel and Tourism Department is going to be going down the road. There's some new legislation there. But one of the things that I, I knew that the administration and the lieutenant governor has been a big advocate about has been on workforce development and workforce recruitment. And uh, by going out here and talking about culinary crossroads was to say, you know, first idea on it was we'll go out and do these pop-up events uh, in different areas, Grand Rapids, St. Louis, Louisville, Lexington, and then maybe come back and do a fall uh, event like Dig In used to be. And uh, loved the idea in terms of going out there and telling those stories. The challenge that we really had on that was, you know, people are quick to sort of judge on that. You know, you get 200, they say, why wasn't there 300? Mm -hmm. uh, or you come in the fall and you get a monsoon and it gets rained out. Well, let's say everything goes great then you know, how do you keep water in the sponge? And so the idea behind it was we can create content related to the people, products, places, and services and talk about it on an ongoing basis. And why not, if we go and do that, we can meet people where they are, you know, when they come to our conventions, yeah. uh, when they come to our parks, or our universities. So the idea was creating this content. Team Indiana, because of having that structure, having eight to ten personalities with unique uh, personalities like Ben and others gave us storylines on, on those individuals, gave us something to look forward to, to where they're heading there, and then coming back there and seeing how they did. I mean, everybody, and there's this growing thing of food sports competition yeah. that is growing around the country. Uh, and when conveyed that to the lieutenant governor that says, when we go and do that, we're going to be out there talking about culinary in these engaging ways, and she said, well, then let's, uh, let's go do it. The nice thing about it was on the private sector, we've got seven sponsors just for this first one out of the gate, including Cluster Truck, oh, uh, Indiana Kitchen, which a lot of people don't know is one of the largest pork producing uh, organizations in the country. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, M-Connect and agent, the agency worldwide, which works directly with corporate entities for recruiting high-profile individuals. And they loved it because they said, gee, we're having to tell this story one-off every time. If you've got something out here we can uh, send them to where they get that content, that's great. Hmm. So, uh, so the nice thing is about the public and private. You also have Red Gold, yep. which has their product that they're promoting, but also on recruitment of getting people to come and work for Red Gold that's up there in Elwood. Yeah. So it's just, the way that it came about was connecting the dots 
between the low-hanging fruit of people just finding out about chefs and restaurants and a larger umbrella uh, strategy of talking about all these different aspects of Indiana. Oh, that's terrific, especially when there's a lot of times there's a need to hire people in, the, in that sector as well. Just getting the word out is terrific. Yeah, and uh, we, you know, we, we've got some other ideas that we're, that we're working on right now, but to your point about you know, this was the model. All of you that are in, in marketing or you're in the technology side says, can we go out here and we can prove the model, right. right? So we think we can prove the model. And since we came out in May and June, you've probably been on three or four interviews, Ben, mm -hmm. uh, during that particular time. Uh, Indie Lifestyle brought them in. Yep. We have folks come in and said, hey, they're gonna be a tailgating uh, weekend here, so let's bring in Team Indiana chefs to go and talk about it. So it was a really nice partnership with the media outlets because they're looking at it and say, boy, this is interesting it is. content. Yeah. Just like yeah. fortunate enough to be sitting here uh, hey, that, with, with you all. That's when I saw the pitch. I was like, this is really kind of different. This is great. We got to speak about that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I want to I want to close out with some interesting. So I think it's fascinating, one, that you're a born Hoosier, been here your whole life. Now, mm -hmm. now you worked abroad. I trained uh, not abroad. Okay. So the, the school that I went to was the Le Cordon Bleu School, but I went to kind of like a sister school yeah. in, in Pittsburgh. Okay. So, you know, going from, from uh, nowhere, Modoc, it's a little tiny town to, you know, and I was 17 when I moved to Pittsburgh. So I was, I was greener. I was greener than the grass. And, yeah. Uh, I didn't know anything about anything. I knew a little bit about cutting wood, and you know, so I knew about farm work, and I knew and a camping. little, and I knew about uh, and camping, and I knew that I liked uh, that I was interested in, in French cuisine, but I had no idea that it would lead me to where I am now. I had no idea. Well, and I'm curious, just you know, from your perspective, I, I, and and maybe I'll, I'll 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 go ahead and feed it to what I what I want to get at. To me, the fascinating thing about Indiana, because I'm not born and raised here, is the cost of living is so nice absolutely that i can afford to go mm -hmm. out and get an amazing meal and and i can do that on a moderate salary and most people i know are the same way almost mm -hmm. everybody i know eats out now when i lived in denver that wasn't the case right well it makes it a little more in difficult yeah incredible culture right. food scene mm -hmm. is you know something else but it was special occasion yeah, only i agree you know and so one of the things that i always think that's fascinating here is just that you know, it's it's literally a decision twice, three times a week. Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to eat? Where and are we going to yeah, eat? Yeah, that changes yeah. the landscape of what the culinary scene is now versus what it used to be 12, 15 years ago. Yeah. So we're, that was franchised. That was like steakhouses and basically like sit-down fast food right. restaurants. Right. We were the fast, casual capital of the world and for a while, right? Yeah, and if we're, if we're comparing in that Indiana to what we are now – it was much easier to call us the flyover city or the drive-through city because yeah. that's exactly what we were. But the the state of what our city and state is now, I mean, we're home to a lot of cultured people. Yeah. We're home to a lot of traveled people. And when they have those experiences abroad or in larger cities in the U.S. or very, very popular cities you know, overseas, when they can have the, the type of experiences they are having right now in Indianapolis, you know, they're saying, I've had, like, your pastry, for, for one example, too. Yeah. So I take great, great pride 
and not just making something quality here in the city, but I want it to be comparable to, you know, up to other parts of the world where they're right. doing their absolute best. And so the chefs that I'm friends with and the chefs that that are making food that they're making right now, they're doing the same thing. So they're yeah. using techniques and they're using, um, you know, that mindset of using local and and turning something that is simple. The processes are simple, but they're they're transforming into something that's that's an experience. Yeah, and I think one of the other things that comes out in this is that as you get to know the personalities like uh, the Ben Hardys and the Craig Bakers and the others that are out there, that because of the makeup of Hoosiers, they are always interested in meeting new people and knowing what their backdrops are. And they also are will be very receptive and have been very receptive to uh, hearing from those folks about how much they love being here in Indiana. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we wanted to do in terms of bringing the personalities out is to have those Hoosiers out there around the state and people around the country to hear firsthand from those folks that are making it happen and how great of places this is. You know, uh, have discussions with leaders here. You guys run into it. Uh, a lot of people for years and years and years have been on the defense about, well, you live in Indianapolis. Uh, why do you do that? And the first thing they do will be to start to be defensive. Right. Uh, we're changing that mindset and say, you live in Indianapolis to simply to say, Indianapolis, of course I live in Indianapolis. Exactly. And that is a subtle but really powerful change in the way people talk about Indianapolis is when you go on the offense and say, don't you realize that we have X, Y, and Z? Mm. Quick, quick example of this that people don't know, just up north in Roanoke, there's a guy by name of Pete Eshelman who is running uh, a restaurant called Joseph Tuhui that hardly anybody uh, around here has heard much about. And I met him by going out and doing this work with Lieutenant Governor. Well, Pete made his money by working with Steinbrenner back in the 70s when they gave one of the first long-term contracts, guaranteed contracts to a guy named Reggie Jackson. And Steinbrenner and the Yankees wanted to figure out, well, how were they going to protect the exposure they had if Reggie goes out and breaks his arm or breaks his leg. So they went to Lloyd's of London and they uh, got a, an insurance uh, policy on Reggie. And Mr. Eshelman was there as a, a young former pitcher that was working in there and got permission from him and says, I think there's a market there and build a, a business on top of putting that insurance together. Pretty now where nice. that relates to back to Indiana, his practice got purchased by, I believe it was Lincoln Life or folks up in Fort Wayne. Wow. They put him they, they put him here in, in Indiana. He says, Why, well, you know what? I need to live out by the airport. So he lived in Roanoke, so which is real close to the airport. He says, I know when I bring in the general managers or the owners or the players, I gotta have world class office facility. He says, but they're gonna wanna have some place to eat. And so he built this restaurant just as a private dining room. Wow. And more and more people came to him and said, well, I want to come back here with my friends. So he opened up the restaurant and then he got intrigued by the great fertile ground that we had here in Indiana. So he said, I'm going to start growing my own vegetables. And by the way, I'm going to start raising Wagyu beef. He's got one of the premier Wagyu beef uh, farms setting up outside of Roanoke and is the chairman of the, of the Wagyu beef association in the country. That's here. Mm. That's that's here in Indiana, and those are those are the great stories that we love to go out and and, and talk about. Well, and it's got to be. I, I love that you brought up just that last point, and you mentioned Cluster Tuck too. I'm friends with Chris, and 
And the whole farm to plate movement to me is incredible too, especially living in Indianapolis. Um, I'm on the south side, so I go to Reverie, you know, okay. and you know, there's no refrigerators, there's no, you know, <laughs> the food is fresh every single day and it's coming from down the road. And yeah. it's just incredible, the difference. And, and so it's great to see that advancement logistically too, that, you know, you don't have to go buy from a box store that you know is shipping asparagus 3,000 miles and stuff <laughs> awesome. yeah. changes the way that you think about food changes yeah. the way that you think about your personal consumption of of food well and it's better for the whole assembly line yeah, too right absolutely you know i mean the farmers are actually you know doing a little bit better i'm friends also with uh brick house coffee on the mm -hmm. south side you know and and they they travel around the world and hand select who they want to grow their beans and and then distribute them to you know both commercial and and it's and it's fascinating to hear just the logistics of how easy it is for them to mm -hmm. to get that done nowadays. Whereas, you know, twenty years ago, I don't even think that that was a possibility, right? Yeah, and then just on the fun side of it, there, you know, I mentioned it briefly, and uh, the that growing food sports uh, competition is something there where that's where McLeod and the folks. Uh, saw from the World Food Championships that said, you know, there's people out there every day. I mean, who would ever thought that people would be in the e-gaming business at the level it's is? What's yeah. happening on the food on the sports food. side? That's crazy. Each, yeah. each and every weekend, that right, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. At, you know, at, at the highest levels, everything from chili cook-offs to butter mm. uh, cook-offs to top-level how, how do we become judges? <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we, we, we can work on that. I think that's more doable yeah. than you think. That's more you think. think. They, yeah. they, they've got they got the eat protocol. Yeah. You know it, what is it? It's uh, execution, appearance, and taste mm -hmm. uh, oh, those are yeah. the uh, the disciplines that they have. But they will have. I think they have probably well over a hundred certified uh, chefferies. Wow, chefferies! Wow, that's, that's, a, coast, huh? yeah. that's a nice title. You could be a chefferie. <laughs> Hey, Larry, I've got one last question yeah, for you. I know sure. you mentioned the capital cities and all the revenue that they've got. Have you uh, been able to leverage uh, their investment in the culinary crossroads, or is there any correlation with all the funding they've got? No, it's, uh, they've, been, they've been great supporters in terms of the leadership. Uh, uh, Joe Bill Wiley and Bill Major were the guys that founded it, and they've got two other uh, partners uh, that uh, Amanda and Tiffany there and been very supportive of the work that, we're, that they're doing. Um, Joe Bill has helped to introduce us to a lot of the different leaders on it. And we have some on the corporate side of it, with the exception of, you know, uh, with Chris and, and some of the other uh, food related corporations, yeah. we haven't even tapped into the, uh, the corporate side, but they are, they're ready and waiting. And um, we've got a few tricks under our uh, ready to go after we get through the World Food Championships that we think will go out to those institutional folks to invest in. Well, maybe we can bring you back for another show and see what their focus is, because it sounds like there's a big Indiana story there as well. There is a great, uh, there is a great story to be uh, to be told there, and I'm sure that uh, we can come back in and talk about them, or uh, have bring Joe Bill in here and have him to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how Capital Cities and we talked about uh, going on the offense of living and working and playing in Indiana. So we'd love to bring him back in, but. Fantastic. Uh, the, the receptivity, I, again, I give uh, a lot of credit. It's sort of like, you know, in political campaigns that you're, you're so appreciative of the early money. Yeah. And when you talk about Chris and Amy Baggett, it, in a heartbeat, they were like, yeah, go do your thing. Yep. No questions asked and said, we don't, just go do your thing. Or the leadership at uh, 
you know, at Red Gold and, and the folks there with Indiana Kitchen and the others that said, we like this idea. They love the idea of that combination of public and private leadership coming together. Yep. And that goes back to one of the reasons why I got involved in it is because the more that we will use the bully pulpit of the public and allow the entrepreneurship of the private sector, amazing things can happen in, in relatively short order. And that's been one of the things that we're just so pleased to see how that's uh, playing out right now. Yeah, it's incredible. We will have, uh, we will have links in the show notes uh, for people to get a hold of you obviously and then and then where when when do we find out how you guys do <laughs> mid-october Mid so, uh, so 16th fly, to the 20th I, yeah, I fly out to i fly out to dallas on the 15th fantastic and, um, about so 90 percent of the competition will be wiped out in the first day and then uh day three of the competition that's when we that's when all 10 categories the top 10 teams will narrow down to the, wow. the one two and three so Ooh. we'll see Will there be a live feed at campground in Murdoch? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know um, I don't think the wire stretches that far. <laughs> I don't think the wire stretches that far. So, uh, well, know, the rabbit ears with some aluminum. You know, uh, definitely, definitely psyched to be a part of any any um, any identity that can put Murdoch on the map. That's so. fantastic. So that little tiny dot. And as if there wasn't enough pressure, uh, the lieutenant governor is actually coming down. Oh, nice. She's, uh, she's flying mm -hmm. down on, on Thursday night, going to spend uh, Friday down there to cheer on the team and see the operation firsthand. And, you know, those that's the kind of leadership that's pretty yeah. exciting to see her jump on board and come down there and be that type of a supporter for the initiative. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. And Ben, we'll be by. Thank you. If you're an Indianapolis-based professional and would like your story to be heard on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a glowing review.